Charlie Duncan had it. They turned it over. Alley oop back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Woo! KD! You can see it coming, and the building is electric off that slam dunk. Hello and welcome to the Believe in Timberwolves podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Headkey. As always, you can find me on Twitter at B underscore H-E-D-T-K-E-N-B-A. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking about Minnesota Timberwolves and just general NBA over-under win totals, along with talking about the Patrick Beverly trade that I haven't touched on at all on this podcast because I moved, I bought a house, and I'm currently still in the process of moving, but I've finally been able to sit down record a podcast. So it's a little late. I'm sorry about that. We haven't been able to get to it, but we will be talking about the Patrick Beverly uh, trade. And that's actually what I'm going to dive into uh, straight out of the gate right now. So the Minnesota Timberwolves, if you don't know, they went out and they traded Juancho Hernan Gomez, Jared Culver, and a straight two for one swap for Patrick Beverly from the Memphis Grizzlies. Beverly is a player that got traded from the Clippers to the Grizzlies earlier this offseason and then was rerouted here to Minnesota. And the thing that um, really intrigues me about this trade in general is just the idea of Patrick Beverly as a point guard in a backup point guard role behind D'Angelo Russell, but also as a combo guard next to D'Angelo Russell where either of the two can you know, kind of play that that one or that two spot on the court. And I think Patrick Beverly's obviously an older player. He's in the last year of his contract, but he is a player that um, can shoot the ball very, very well. And he's also a very gritty defender. Of course, you know, he's only six foot one, but uh, he plays a lot bigger than that. He's one of the toughest defenders in the NBA. He's made multiple all NBA defensive teams. He's also made all NBA defensive first team one time, I believe, as well. Um, so yeah, he's just a really, really good defender, and he also has shot the ball really well. I think he shot around 38 or 39% from three over the course of his career, which is really good. Um, and that's things the Timberwolves have been lacking, um, is defensive toughness and shooting. And they've been building up the shooting, um, you know, over the course of the last couple seasons, but recently as you know as recent as the end of last season their backup point guard was a almost non-shooter in Ricky Rubio and now they've upgraded that to a better defender and a better shooting um Patrick Beverly obviously he doesn't have the playmaking chops that Ricky Rubio does he's not going to wow you with crazy passes but he is an impressive um defender a really solid shooter who's gonna knock down open shots um and he actually is a, he does take care of the ball pretty well. I don't have the number right offhand, but his assisted turnover ratio is pretty impressive. Um, although he only dishes out a few assists per game. But going back to the fit thing with D'Angelo Russell, Patrick Beverly, when you think about D'Lo operating with the ball in his hands, but also without the ball in his hands, they tried it with Ricky Rubio and it's just, it just didn't work. The reason it didn't work is because Ricky Rubio wasn't a shooter. So if D'Angelo Russell was on ball, Ricky Rubio being spotted up in the corner was not exactly a fruitful um, thing for the Timberwolves to do. And they tried that too much and it, you know, it just didn't work. And it started to work a little bit better under Chris Finch, which makes me even more excited when you think about the fact that 
now Chris Finch can use two guards next to each other, but this one is a better shooter and a better defender than Ricky Rubio. Now, you can pick whichever way. If you think Rubio in a vacuum is a better um, player than Patrick Beverly, I might totally agree with you, to be honest. But I think for this team and the specific roster needs that this team has, I believe Patrick Beverly is the better fit um, for this roster. We're going to talk about Patrick Beverly a little bit more, and we're also going to get into these over-under win totals. But before that, we do need to take a quick word from our sponsor, so I'll be right back. Speaking of over-under win totals, if you are into sports betting and you want to go ahead, place a bet on some over-unders for the NBA or any other sport you can imagine, Bet Online is where you should go to win your money today. Whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win the championship, BetOnline has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. So visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Now, I've talked about the reasons that I like the fit of Patrick Beverly on this team, the reasons that I think he is going to gel well with this team. Um, Another thing I want to talk about is, on top of the shooting, we're going back to the defensive part of it. If Patrick Beverly can instill that type of defensive grittiness, that culture that, you know, has been lacking for so long in Minnesota, I think that's going to make a huge difference for so many people involved with the team from Carl Anthony Towns to, you know, D'Angelo Russell to Anthony Edwards. Um, And I think that's just going to really improve the team as a whole. And I just don't think I can understate how much Patrick Beverly potentially could help this team. Um, If he gets the team to play some hard-nosed defense, if Chris Finch installs a system that benefits the team defensively and Patrick Beverly can be that motor, you know, we've had that motor with Josh Okogie. We've had, you know, that defensive prowess with Jaden McDaniels. But if we can get even more of that out of Patrick Beverly, who is a grown-up, he is the oldest player on the team by six years, I believe. If he can be that voice in the locker room, getting into the heads of these guys, you know, Patrick Beverly is a player who has never missed the playoffs in his entire career. So he knows how to get there. He understands what it takes. And hopefully he can instill that in this Minnesota team and get them to the place that they want to go to, which is the playoffs. Um, So I guess that's the hope with Patrick Beverly. Of course, um, he might not be the same type of mentor that Ricky Rubio was to Anthony Edwards, um, but I think he can still be a valuable piece on the court and in the locker room, which is something that's very important when you're talking about acquiring a player. Um, The rough part of it is Patrick Beverly does have an injury history. He hasn't played, um, I don't think he's ever played a full season in his career. I'm just want to double check that, but he hasn't been, you know, a staple of, you know, health over his career. Um, he did have one season where he played 78 games, another where he played 71, but recently the last two seasons, he played 37 games last year in a shortened season. So he played about half the year and then 51, uh, games the season before that for the Clippers. So he does have some injury troubles. Um, but also he very well could have a fairly healthy season this year um you never know thing you you literally just never know how what's going to happen you can't predict injuries like that but 
Um, if all goes well and he stays relatively healthy, the rest of the team stays relatively healthy, I'm pretty optimistic about uh, where this team is heading. Let's talk about the outgoing pieces in this Patrick Beverly trade because that you know that is something that we do need to touch on. And as I mentioned before, the outgoing pieces were Wancho Hernan Gomez and Jarrett Culver. No picks, no cash considerations, nothing else on top of those two players. Uh, Wancho going out doesn't bother me at all. Um, I don't think he was going to play on this team much, especially now considering that Torian Prince is here, who is a better defending, maybe even a better shooting Wancho Hernan Gomez to play in that same position. Um, so I do like the idea of Torian Prince on this team more. So I don't think we're really going to miss, um, I don't think we're really going to miss Wancho Hernan Gomez in that role. When you talk about Vanderbilt's more than likely coming back to play some power forward for this team. Jaden McDaniels is probably going to get some minutes there as much as I wish he could stick full-time at the three. And then Torian Prince. So there wasn't going to be minutes for Wancho to be had. And he's a very bad defender. Um, and he didn't shoot the ball great last year. And he did not want to be here. He was held out of the Olympics by Gerson Rosas. And I think that made him mad. And he didn't want to be here. So... He wasn't going to play for us. He didn't even want to play for us, so might as well ship him out of town. Uh, But with that being said, it did come out today, Bobby Marks reported that uh, Rajon Rondo was traded to the Grizzlies, and he was asked not to do a post-trade physical and not to report to camp. And it seems as though the same thing was said about Juancho Hernan Gomez. So the Grizzlies are asking him not to have a physical and not to report to camp so all signs are pointing to him being bought out by memphis um so then he could potentially land somewhere else in the nba um so that's not a great look the timberwolves just signed him to a two-year plus a team option contract for about average annual value of seven million dollars so that's not exactly great um the other outgoing piece alongside watcher Hernan gomez was Jarrett culver and Jarrett culver is a player if you've been listening to me um, before this podcast was even the Believe in Timberwolves podcast, you know that I was a big fan of Jared Culver. I was a big supporter. Last season, the beginning of the season, he looked really good for a few games, including the preseason. And after that, kind of fizzled out, and he just had a really rough season. He dealt with some injuries, and it got to the point where it did not, it wasn't going to work. You know, Jared Culver was not going to produce, and there wasn't really going to be minutes for him on this Timberwolves team this coming season. So. Better to just trade him. You were going to have to make a really tough decision about his, you know, team option on his uh, rookie scale contract. Um, that was going to be like eight million bucks. Were you were you going to pay Jared Culver eight million bucks? No. And you also don't want to just let him walk because that is uh, it's a really big L if you're Gerson Rosa. So I think to get a good player in return like Patrick Beverly for someone who's going to get waived and a player who is just trying to find a footing in the NBA. I think that's a win. That's a huge win, in my opinion. So overall, I'm very happy with that trade. I'm excited to see what that trade can bring us. Um, obviously, I'm not 1,000% ecstatic about the whole events of this offseason. I wish there were some more moves made to bring in some size and things like that. But overall, this specific gra- this specific trade um, by itself, I do really like. All right, so let's move into the talk about the... Uh, over-under win totals for the NBA. Now, the Minnesota Timberwolves 
fell in. This is according to our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online has the Minnesota Timberwolves over under at 33.5 wins for this upcoming regular season. That puts them uh, fourth worst in the Western Conference, better than only the Spurs. The Thunder and the Rockets. The Spurs are at 28.5, the Rockets are at 26.5, and the Thunder are down at 23.5. There also are a few Eastern Conference teams that the Timberwolves have better odds than, including uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are at 26.5, the Detroit Pistons at 25.5, and the Magic at 23.5, and and they are tied with the Wizards at 33.5. So, essentially, what Bet Online is predicting. What Vegas is predicting is that the Timberwolves are going to be the uh, 12th seed in the Western Conference. That's one seed better than they were last season. Now, that would be a really disappointing season. I know um, other places along around the internet do have the Wolves with the win. The over under is a little bit higher or a little bit lower. Um, I've seen 34 and a half. I think I might have saw 36 one place, but overall, we're going with Bet Online, our our partner here, and. 33 and a half. That would be a really disappointing season, if you ask me. The idea that the Timberwolves cannot um, be better than some of these other teams that are listed uh, kind of shocks me. So I'm just going to go ahead and go through this whole idea. Because the what we want as Timberwolves fans, we're not asking for a championship right now. We're asking for playoffs. And right now, they are pegged as the 12th seed. Now, the 12 seed doesn't even get you into the play-in tournament. You'd have to be two seeds higher than that. So you'd have to beat two additional teams to even get into the play-in tournament, to be that 10 seed. So, the way I look at it, the Minnesota Timberwolves, in my mind, there are four teams in the Western Conference that they should be better than this upcoming season. And that is the three teams pegged below them. That's the Houston Rockets, Oklahoma City Thunder, and the San Antonio Spurs. And the fourth team I believe they will be better than is the Sacramento Kings. Now, obviously, the Sacramento Kings um, did better than the Wolves did last season, but they ended the season terribly, and they had two large losing streaks throughout the season. And although I like Davian Mitchell, I'm just not sure how much he helps their team at this current point in time. And I just feel like they're stuck. They don't have a good coach. Luke Walton's a very bad coach, in my opinion. Um, And I think the Timberwolves will jump the Sacramento Kings, undoubtedly, you know, barring injury or a big trade where Sacramento, you know, goes all out and gets like a Ben Simmons type player or something like that. But as it sits right now, I think Minnesota is better than Sacramento. So that bumps you up to the 11th seed. So to get into the play-in tournament, you still got to be better than one team. And you still have to win a play-in game or two to make it into the playoffs. So let's go ahead and let's go through the list of players or the list of teams that the Timberwolves certainly are not going to be better than in the Western Conference. So I would say the Utah Jazz are a team that the Minnesota Timberwolves will not be better than this upcoming season, 1,000% for sure, unless crazy injuries happen. Um, Another team I would say the Timberwolves certainly are not going to be better than is the Los Angeles Lakers. I would also say they are not going to be better than the Nuggets. And I would also say they are not going to be better than the Phoenix Suns. And on top of that, I would potentially... No, I think that's it. I would say Jazz, Suns, um, Nuggets, and Lakers. Those are the four teams that I think Minnesota definitely are not going to be better than. 
So that leaves you, in my opinion, with the ceiling of a fifth seed. So, are they going to be the fifth seed? Probably not. Being the fifth seed would mean you'd have to go ahead and jump the... You'd have to be better than the Rockets, the Thunder, the Kings, the Pelicans, the Spurs, the Warriors, the Grizzlies, the Blazers, the Mavericks, and the Clippers this coming season to get up to the fifth seed. But I do think there's actually a decent amount of chance, a decently high chance that the Timberwolves could find themselves up in the mix for the seventh or eighth seed this coming season. And the way you do that, the way you get up to the eighth seed is you have to be better than one of New Orleans, Memphis, Golden State, Portland, Dallas, or the Clippers. Now, to that's excuse me, that's to get up to the 10th seed. So to get into the playing game, beat one of those teams. To be the nine seed, you'd have to beat two of those teams. And to be the eight seed, you'd have to beat three of those teams. Now, the easiest teams I could potentially see the Timberwolves being better than are the New Orleans Pelicans, the Memphis Grizzlies, and then one of the Clippers or Golden State. Now, I think there's a decently high chance they're better than two of that list of teams, better than two of New Orleans, Memphis, Golden State, Portland, Dallas, or uh, the Clippers. But the problem is to get to the eighth seed, to quote-unquote make the playoffs, you still have to be in the play-in tournament, but to make the playoffs uh, seeding-wise, you'd have to beat three of those teams. Now, I'll give you a case why I think they... You might be shaking your head. Well, how are they going to be better than Dallas? I'm not exactly in love with what uh, Dallas has done this season. I think that they um, missed an opportunity to go out and get a really good player um, because, you know, I think that if they could have got Kyle Lowry, that would have helped a ton. Um, But I also just don't love the uh, idea of Jason Kidd being their... Um, head coach and that just doesn't sit well with me I don't think he's gonna work out very well for them so yeah I just don't really see that working out that great that's not to say the Timberwolves are for sure gonna be better than them they still have Luka Doncic who's one of the best players in the world but I just do not see them being that good now I'm not gonna say that the Dallas Mavericks you know like I said that they're for sure gonna be worse than the Timberwolves you know that more than likely they probably will be better um, but they didn't do anything that really wowed me. You know, they brought in Sterling Brown. They re-signed Tim Hardaway Jr. They brought in Reggie Bullock. And they traded Josh Richardson, who performed poorly last season. They traded him for Moses Brown. But other than that, you know, I don't love... I don't like... None of those moves really, like, sell me on them being great this coming season. And if they have an injury or something, you know, happens, they easily could fall down. So that's my case for Dallas being bad. Uh, the Clippers don't have Kawhi um, for probably all of this upcoming season. Um, more than likely, he'll miss the whole season uh, trying to get fully healthy. Um, so we don't know what that team will be. Obviously, we saw them in the playoffs perform pretty well under the circumstances of not having Kawhi Leonard. So I thought they played really well. But who knows if they can sustain that for a full season. You know, if if someone like Paul George goes down, you never know what's going to happen. Now, I'm not wishing injuries on anyone. I'm just saying... You know, as with the Timberwolves, we're all like an injury away, and and a lot of it comes down to who stays healthy. And if the Timberwolves manage to stay healthy, they have a pretty good shot. Um, so Kawhi being out, that gives me a reason to believe that the Clippers um, might be worse than the Timberwolves. Um, Golden State, Clay Thompson's going to be out 
Um, I saw a report that said potentially at least until the first of the year, so the beginning of 2022. Um, it could be sooner than that. It could be later than that. We don't know for sure. But um, one report did say, you know, he maybe won't see the floor until 2022. If that's the case, if he steps his first game on the court is on January 1st, they do play January 1st, that is their 36th game of the season. So he would be missing 35 out of their 82 games. So he would only be playing in 47 games next year. Um, And Golden State, you know, played all season without Klay Thompson. They ended up, they were the eighth seed last year, or excuse me, the ninth seed last year. Well, they had the eighth best record. They ended up losing in the play-in tournament. So... Uh, they were they had the eighth best record. They were thirty nine and thirty three, so that's a few games above five hundred. You know, depending what you get from Steph Curry and some of the other guys on the team, you may or may not be around that same range again. The Timberwolves potentially could be around the five hundred, a little bit better, a little bit worse range as well. So that's the way I could see the Timberwolves sneaking in, stealing that one, um, and then Portland. Uh, who knows with Damian Lillard what's going to happen, um, but. I think that's a team that, you know, it could go really good or it could go really bad, but uh, they're a team that I wouldn't consider for sure is going to be better than the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, Memphis, I think the Wolves have a really good shot of being better than Memphis. Of course, they do have John Morant, but they made some really puzzling trades. They traded away. uh, Jonas Valanciunas was the biggest, weirdest trade we'd seen all summer, in my opinion, Um, and I don't really understand what they were doing with that, but yeah. Uh, I didn't love that, and it kind of seems like they've been taking a step back this offseason and maybe trying to hit the rebuild a little bit more. Obviously, last year they played without Jaron Jackson Jr. You're hoping he's going to be healthy this whole coming season, but you just never know what's going to happen. I don't love their offseason, so I could see them regressing um, compared to last season. It also was reported that they potentially would trade Dylan Brooks and Kyle Anderson for the right price. So who knows? Maybe they're not trying to make the playoffs this coming year. Maybe they're trying to get lucky in the lottery once again. Who really knows? And then New Orleans. Um, I don't really know what it's going to look like for New Orleans this upcoming season. They are a team that has a lot of talent with you know Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. They brought in Jonas Valanciunas, which I think is going to help. But they also lost Lonzo Ball, um, which is kind of a big deal in my opinion. Bigger deal than a lot of people are making it out to be. But you might see some growth from players like Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Um, so you just, I don't really know, but I could potentially see them being worse than the, than the Timberwolves as well. So there's a path for the Wolves to get as high as, you know, I think the seventh seed probably this season. Maybe if you're really lucky, you're really good. The sixth seed. Obviously, if you go out and make a Ben Simmons trade, all of this changes. But I'm talking current roster construction, probably factoring the idea that Jared Vanderbilt is coming back. Um I think this team has a shot to to get up into that that playoff range. But the real thing is we're looking at this 33 and a half number. That's not a lot of wins. So if I were a betting man on betonline.ag, 33 and a half is a really enticing um over for me to hit. Try to bet on that. Um obviously you can do what you want, but I would be really shocked if a healthy Wolves team you know performs worse than that i would say a healthy wolves team is probably close to a 500 ball club um if not a little bit better than that and of course i'm one of the most optimistic people that you'll probably ever meet when it comes to the minnesota timberwolves but that's just my view on it i think that they've kind of become a little bit underrated 
and people are just not really understanding the talent that Minnesota has. When you talk about Carl Anthony Towns, multiple-time All-Star, you know, probably top three center in the league. D'Angelo Russell is a very solid starting point guard. Malik Beasley is one of the best shooters in the league. Anthony Edwards, uh, runner-up for Rookie of the Year last year, could take a massive jump this season. Jaden McDaniels is a player that um, people have been ooing and eyeing over throughout the summer league, um, throughout the end of last season. He's one of the better perimeter defenders in the league, and he's only going into his second year. So I think people are just discounting and just like not under, not really giving credit where credit's due when you talk about just sheer talents. And then the fact that Chris Finch looks to be a really good coach, that could bode really well for the Timberwolves, and it should bode really well for the Timberwolves. So I'm excited for it. I'm hitting that over. Um, I'm saying close to 41 wins. Um, but other than that, I'm really excited for this Timberwolves season. I think that it is going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully um, we stay healthy um, and then we can meet our expectations and maybe even surpass them. But anyways, again, thank you guys so much for sticking with me throughout the whole moving process. I know it's been a couple of weeks since I have written anything or dropped a podcast or anything, but now that I've moved in, uh, the school year's starting soon, so it's going to be a little bit rocky, but I'm going to try to be more consistent. And then once we get into the flow of things, everything should work out good. But again, thank you so much for listening um, to this and all supporting all my work in the past as well. Other than that, that's all I have today. This has been the Believe in Timberwolves podcast presented by Bet Online. I'm your host, Brent Hedke, and I will see you next time. Peace out.